The Ethereum community is moving towards the merge, making it important for all validators to consider running both execution client and consensus client node. Which is the best client combination suiting your needs is a question that we would like to help you in this Know Your Client series. Welcome to Peep and Eep episode 75. I'm your host, Pooja Ranjan, and with me today is Zahri, an Ethereum developer working on client Nimbus. Thanks for joining us, Zahri. Thanks for having me here. A brief introduction about the client. As per the official website, Nimbus is an Ethereum client implementation that strives to be as lightweight as possible in terms of resource used. We'll get to learn more about Nimbus in this episode with Zahri, but first, may we have a brief introduction of the guest and his way to the Ethereum community? All right, so I've been involved with Ethereum for the past four years. I had to start from almost zero knowledge when I joined the Nimbus team, but I've been on quite a ride to learn quite deeply about everything about Ethereum. Before joining the Nimbus team, I was one of the contributors of the Nim programming language. And that's how I ended up on the team. The founder of Status announced that Status will be building client in Nim. That was the first high profile project in the Nim programming language. So for me, it was quite exciting to join the team. I was actually the first hire and helped the company recruit some of the most active developers from the Nim community. And I'm really proud of the team that we have gathered to work on the project. Awesome. This is really nice to know that you were one of the first hire for the team. Well, thank you so much for the introduction. It is always nice to know people who have been working so hard to keep running Ethereum. Well, I suppose that we have got a lot to cover on this call. So without further ado, let's speak. So let me start by introducing Nimbus. I think, first of all, we need to understand how Nimbus fits into the wider mission of Status. If I have to describe this mission shortly, Status is aiming to put Ethereum on your phone, in your pocket. Part of this is developing the Status application, which is a chat app, but combining wallet functionality and the browser. So it's an app that allows you to transact with Ethereum with your friends, buy or obtain Ethereum through our Tower network and other interesting features. And but also the another mission of Status is to enable local merchants to accept Ethereum payments through our keycard project. Nimbus fits into this mission by aiming to make sure that this vision that Ethereum will be accessible in environments like this, on devices like this. We aim to guarantee that this will become a reality. We develop the Nimbus client with a focus on efficiency, trying to mi minimize the resources that it consumes and making sure that this vision for very light, light clients would be possible in the future. Right now, Nimbus is a fully featured beacon out and validator plant, but I envision a future where millions of devices will be using our software components to process and accept Ethereum payments in mobile environments. This could be your local merchant, as I mentioned. You could buy, you could be buying a ticket when you hop on a bus and access Ethereum on the fly. So what makes Nimbus unique? Besides this focus on efficiency, we are right now are the only team which is building both an execution node and a consensus node at the same time. We plan to deliver a software package in the future, which makes the experience extremely easy for people after the merge. And 
It's also notable that we are making a pilot implementation of a very exciting new project in the Ethereum ecosystem called the Portal Client, which is aims to distribute the state in, of the entire state of the Ethereum one into a peer-to-peer -peer network, such that every node in this network is responsible for storing only a very small portion of the state. Basically, this is another way to get a network of lighter nodes. Basically, the portal network is a homogeneous nodes, which is both as client as servers at the same time. All right, something that we are quite excited about is we were able to push this efficiency. For example, there are many users right now in the Rocket Pool community which run Nimbus and an execution cloud like GET on a single Raspberry Pi 4 with 8 gigabytes of memory are totally enough to run this combination of software. You have to attach an external hard drive, an SSD hard drive to make it happen, but the whole setup is still pretty cheap, runs entirely fanless and consumes very little energy. Basically, in the screenshot here, you're seeing uh, the effort of our one of our users was able to run this in the wild, truly in the wild, <laughs> on a power bank and for 10 days, 10 hours straight without recharging. So there has been a number of independent studies which right now demonstrate that Nimbus, the Nimbus cloud is leading both in terms of low, having lowest CPU usage, lowest memory usage, pretty competitive storage requirements, and so on. But this doesn't mean that you have to run Nimbus in such a constrained environment. Basically, all the efficiencies also pay off when you run Nimbus on a, say, very high-end server or a beef or your home computer, for example, because you can put a lot of additional workloads on the same machine and Nimbus won't suffer in any way as a result. And if we can imagine a situation where the network is understressed, so the Nimbus clients have a, a lot of headroom to process kind of a new world, additional world, maybe when the network is under attack, you can have a little bit more security that our efficiency will weather you from the storm, so to speak. And I should also point out that the efficiency is also pretty good for when it comes to actually validator performance. There should be a shout out to all clan teams here that uh, I think we've done a pretty good job in the first year of Ethereum. You, in whatever client you install, you can be certain that you get maximum validator rewards possible, pretty much. Basically, the clan, the different clans differ very, very slightly in terms of the rewards you're getting. Here, you are seeing the results of one study performed by the consensus team, the authors of Teco, which demonstrate that Teco has a very slight lead over Nimbus, which is in the second place. But I should point out that the Nimbus results here are from a very large fleet of diverse Nimbus installations. Basically, the team at Status is running many of Nimbus nodes at home. So these are nodes running under different internet connections. Some users are running them on Raspberry Pis, as I mentioned. Others are running them on Nukes or on their personal laptops. But even these, these diverse kind of environments have created results that are completely on par with uh, the highly controlled environment where the tech nodes were running. The Nimbus project has been audited by three separate teams, independent auditors. 
Something that we are quite, quite proud of is that the NIM language is still quite young and there was not a lot of developed software in NIM that we could reuse. Basically, we had to develop everything from scratch. The entire list of Nimbus dependencies, the third-party dependency that our project is relying on, is visible on the screen here. This means that we have tight control over the developed software. We have the freedom to optimize each and every component to make sure that together they deliver this efficiency. Well, thank you so much for the presentation. I'm sure many willing to be validator must be happily surprised that they have a provider to run both EL and CL clients, and that too, both lightweight clients. My first question is about pre and post merge Nimbus. So I'm curious to know, what is the status of Nimbus execution client? Is it available for public use now, or is it something that is that will be available after the merge? And the Nimbus execution client is still in development. It is able to currently pass uh, the entire suite of Hive tests. So you can argue that it is feature complete, although right now it's not optimized enough to be practical for running on mainnet. Basically the component that we haven't focused on yet is the storage engine. We are still running with a storage engine that we developed at the kind of very first steps in the project four years ago which is correct, but very much not optimal. So running a mainnet node, we can consume several terabytes of data right now. So for all practical purposes, we don't recommend trying out the execution plan there yet. It's a focus of our development right now, and we hope to have perhaps a better release by the time of the merge. That would be good. So it would be like available post-merge. Then it will be only working as execution layer. We don't, they don't have to actually process the block in terms of proof of work. Well, we do support. We try to make uh, the execution client compatible with all the standards that are currently relevant in the Ethereum world. So we support proof of work. We support proof of authority as well. Um, but obviously, some of these uh, technologies will be phased out eventually after the merge. That is so right. All right, my next question is related to the consensus layer client. Is there anything that is specifically planned to improve Nimbus user experience after the merge? <clears throat> yes, we really hope to deliver a very simplified and streamlined installation process. And we'll be building an optional integration with the status app. So basically, you'll be able to install Nimbus on a server, on your home computer or home network, and pair your mobile device where the status app is installed. And this will provide a management interface and a kind of monitoring dashboard for your validators and that you can access on the go whenever you are. That is nice. I mean, using blockchain with mobile devices is something revolutionary. Then that way we will have more node operators, validators available to join the network. We hope so as well. I mean, uh, we will make it also very easy to start staking from the status uh, desktop app. But we are also committed to continue supporting the 
current experience of installing Nimbus as a standalone kind of server software. All right, that is nice to know. About the consensus layer client, the beacon chain client at the moment, after Altair upgrade, are there any expected changes on the consensus layer side post-merge? Sure, I mean, there are always a number of developments underway for us. Uh, we are continuing to make progress on optimizing the storage requirements. Obviously, we want to achieve a mode of operation which has a kind of steady state storage requirements by pruning the data once it becomes unnecessary for the network after the weeks of, for example, past the weeks of subjectivity horizon. And we are always working on various functionalities and features which are intended for kind of power users such as taking posts and so on. That is good to know. Even on the execution side, my understanding is they are trying to drop states. So maybe optimize the space. Definitely, yes. Okay. My next set of question is about the merge testnet. For the merge upgrade, currently we are in the testnet phase. We started from Rayonism. It's about a year that the testnet phase is still continued. We would love to hear your experience with uh, all these uh, public and DevNet that have been planned. Would you maybe like to talk about your experience and Nimbus's performance during the interop session? Well, I think uh, as client teams, we have probably learned a lot during the development of both Ethereum 1 and the development of Beacon Chain. So we did go through a very gradual process of kind of rising the bar of what we hope to achieve. Basically, when we get got together during the interop event in Greece uh, one year ago, it was a very interactive ses sessions where the teams grouped in pairs and they kind of collaborated on getting the, the two clans to work, any two clans to work together in a kind of very simple simulation environment, which put the clans only to some very basic interactions between the execution node and the beacon node. And then when we were certain that this works fine and all the clans can communicate to each other without problems, we tried more significant challenges such as organizing a testnet where all the nodes would join and produce blocks and so on. And during the interop, even during the interop event, we had a network able to produce blocks. So over the next weeks, we continued rising the bar by recreating the same conditions in a, a little bit more long lived networks in a fashion where the coordination was happening fully online. So it's a bit more difficult to troubleshoot problems. But I think all we know, the process has been quite smooth. Most of the time, the clients were working well together and where issues were detected, they were relatively quickly addressed. I should make a huge shout out to Parry from the Ethereum Foundation who is managing this testnet uh, in a very efficient way. He's making sure that each and every client combination is well represented. And we, the client teams, get a lot of useful data out of the nodes that he's running. And now the culmination of, of basically 
for some time, we were launching these new custom networks that start from scratch without a lot of history, right? So these are much smaller blockchains that mainnet or even any of the test nets, the long cliff test nets. So we gradually continued rising the bar by creating something called the shadow fork, which is, uh, you can think of, of, about it as a network which shares all the history of mainnet, but at some point in time diverges in a different direction. So we pretend to execute the merge on a network which shared the history with main mainnet, but diverges in this different direction where the merge has already happened. So this put significantly more stress on the execution clients. And it is it was the final step before actually starting, we started the process of transitioning the real test nets to the merge. And I would say the combination has been uh, with the recent transition of the Robster network. And I'm looking forward uh, to doing something similar with, first with Prater and Golly, and then of course with Mainnet. Right, I would agree. I mean, Pari has done a great job here of bringing all client teams together and continuously sharing data with the client combination. Those are working fine. Wondering if there is any favorite client combination of yours, or maybe um, you think like Nimbus can be best paired with any particular execution client? Well, we don't have favorites. Uh, we try to play nice with everyone. In that case, maybe the most successful combination, if there is any. Well, I would encourage people to run minority clans. This is important for the network because, for example, imagine that some kind of issue is discovered in a majority clan. There is even the risk that the network might reach a consensus where this issue has affected the outcome of the blockchain. So if we have a majority clan that controls over 50% of the network, this is a significant risk. But if everybody is running a different clan, then any clan having issues will just experience a temporary outage, which would be easy to kind of to resolve, I would say. And the network will have much lower risk systemic uh, for this kind of problem. And obviously, it's also good for mitigating the potentials for security threats, vulnerabilities discovered in the clans, and so on. So I would recommend for anyone to kind of try to gouge what is the current clan distribution and then go for the minority clan. That is right. Client diversity is like one of the hottest topic of discussion these days. So I wonder, like, what are your thoughts? You just shared about, like, you would recommend going for minority client. The other day we were talking to Bezu. Bezu is also considered to be one of the minority clients. However, I think that these are all colors. Those are adding to Ethereum network. So more users we can add to all these individual client provider would be good too. Good for the new joiners as well as the Ethereum ecosystem. What do you think is the best combination for Nimbus now? Or maybe when the execution client for Nimbus would be ready? Well, for people who care about efficiency, the combination of Nimbus plus Nethermind is quite good. And I already mentioned that a lot of our users are running Nimbus plus Get on devices such as Raspberry Pi. So these are both good setups for achieving high efficiency. That is great. 
By the way, just for audience, we are also trying to get a talk on individual clients. So you would be expecting someone from Get Team and Other Mind Team to be talking about these clients soon. I have another question related to the public testnet. Is there any specific incident that you would like to talk about that you may have experienced during this testing phase that may have changed the path of the merge specs or something that was planned earlier has to be completely scrapped off? Well, actually, I cannot think of anything like that. I remember minor accidents where, for example, two clients will get locked up in something that we developers call deadlock. But these are always kind of logic bugs into the implementation rather than problems with the spec itself. And sometimes the client teams will spend some time figuring out like who is where the problem resides. It's always like that where the twin teams interact. Uh, but all we know, I think the issues were resolved quite quickly, most in the situation that I remember. That is awesome. I mean, you guys are awesome in resolving issues and bugs. Those are identified during any, any of these situations. Talking about that, uh, recently we had this Robston testnet merge. And if I remember correctly, there was a minor issue with the, the Nimbus client. Is there any update on that? I'm assuming that may have been resolved by now. We had a little bit of rough start indeed because the Robston network was a little bit of a first time for us for basically like any other organization, we have a DevOps department, which has prepared some scripts for deploying nodes. And basically we had this brand new code that was never tried before and was supposed to run for the first time for the Robston launch. And it did have, suffice to say, it, it had some small issues. So some of our validators uh, were not immediately producing blocks in the beginning. But I would say it looks like uh, two or three hours to resolve everything and uh, to start producing blocks. That is great. We have heard that Sepolia spec is out now. So very soon we would be expecting uh, the genesis of Beacon Chain and maybe announcement for the Sepolia testnet merge. What would you say about the readiness for Nimbus for the next testnet merge? Well, I mean, um, at this point, the client teams are feature complete, the clients. So these transitions executed in the testnets, they're interesting in the sense that sometimes they reveal new conditions that have never, that the client has never encountered before. So it's very important for us to create as diverse a set of basically configurations that go through the merge. Maybe you should try a client which is not synced, for example, during the merge. Maybe you will launch your client slightly later. Maybe your beacon node is synced, but your execution node is not synced. Stuff like that. We are supposed to try all these different scenarios and make sure that they work well. The test nets offer us the ability to kind of try this few times and gain more confidence that uh, the corners cases have been handled. That's right. That's exactly the purpose of test nets. And that is one of the reasons why we are having so many test nets like being tested before we go for the main net match. Well, talking about the future test net, I understand after Sepolia 
doesn't it merge there would be godly and prater doesn't it so prater i'm assuming it's a beacon chain testnet so you may have i mean the team may have been familiar with the the prater i wonder what is the general experience uh, working with the, the prater testnet well all the clan teams have been running the majority of validators on the prater testnet it is a long cliff ethereum network that i i'm sure many of your listeners are like, familiar with so what would be challenging i guess is that it is a network where we are merging both a beacon chain with long history and an ethereum one network with long history so in terms of size it's not really approaching mainnet but it's quite a bit closer to this scale that we are after with the main mainnet transition that is right like for sepolia and sepolia beacon chain they are relatively new but garli and prater they have been here for some time and they may have more history exactly. so yeah that would be exciting to watch all right uh, how would you say the journey towards the merge has been so far for the team well as i mentioned i think all of the clan teams are really excited to deliver the merge as soon as possible basically for many of us this is for example when i joined the ethereum development one of the primary motivations for me was actually addressing the climate change concerns of cryptocurrencies right so the proof of work eliminates this enormous waste produced by the kind of proof of work algorithms so the sooner we deliver the merge obviously the better but at the same time we need to be cautious we need to make sure that we are not missing any precaution but i am quite optimistic progress has been great right i know i mean taking it slow is not a bad thing as long as we are trying to avoid any kind of future mishaps so that's great and yeah one more thing congratulations for the team to receiving the best merged panda ascii art i love the art that we saw pos is activated that was great well we have this contributor on our team ethan kisling who really took the kind of panda art seriously like he recruited a very talented ascii art artist he paid him out of his own pocket the artist spent probably more than 2 weeks on this project he kind of had a lot of different concepts that uh, we were considering that was great i mean like panda has literally become the symbol for the merge so it was good to see that we can have ascii representation of panda as well it's pretty cool so far it's all about what community expects from the developers so my last question to you is about your expectation as a client dev from the community what is that that will make a client dev happy well obviously one important question is how do we ensure the sustainability of client development and obviously right now we have different players in the ecosystem who support our work basically our work is important both for status and the ethereum foundation so they provide great support for us we're truly grateful but i think in the long term uh, we will need plan for how the client teams uh, will continue to be sustained in the future i agree that's 
one of the most important concern as of now, and I'm happy to share about the Protocol Guild, which is trying to fulfill this gap of sustainability. I hope that works out. All right, uh, you already have shared a lot of information related to the client. I really hope that information shared today in this episode will be useful for new users and new validators, as well as the existing validator may be considering running alternate nodes if they are not running Nimbus or any other minority client, consider running one of those nodes. Thank you, Zahri. We really appreciate you taking out time and talking to us. Thanks, everyone. And on this note, thanks to everyone watching and listening to this special episode on the Mert. Should you have any question, leave a comment, reach us at eCatherDiz Discord. Check out description for links to useful resources and guest Twitter to follow. We have got more merch special talks coming up. So stay tuned and keep sharing your love with Ethereum Cat Herders. Have a good one, everyone.